This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. In Psalms 118, we've talked about the voice of rejoicing. We've been talking about rejoicing. And one of the, the people I read a lot on rejoicing is David. David in the Psalms, and, and that's, we talked about that being a great way. If you've never, maybe you're not accustomed to rejoicing or, or spending time praising the Lord. And I encourage you to do this in your own devotional time. If you, um, if you have music, music is a great way to help get you started, get, get the right music. How many of you know good, good music can lift you? And, 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 you know, sad music can actually bring you down. And, you know, I, I, would, I would tell people, and they would look at me funny, I said, listen, if you're going through a, a tough time, you might want to give up some of your music. If you're really going through a hard time, you, you don't want to play a lot of music that you used to listen to that brings back a lot of memories. One thing about music is you ever noticed you, you, you play a song, and, and sometimes I can remember exactly where I was and who I was with and what was going on as soon as I hear that song. So that's why I encourage you, and I, you know, Justin has good worship. There's good worship music that's out there. And that's, it's, just, it's just real uplifting. And then you don't have to worry about some of the lyrics. In the 70s, I, I sang lyrics I didn't know I was singing. <laughs> and years later, either when my ears cleared up or my head cleared up, either one, I don't know which one it was, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I sang that song. And so, it, just, as a, just as a note, if you're going through a difficult time, I would encourage you, especially if you're listening to sad music, that's not going to lift you out of it. You want something that can lift you out of where you are. And so, I would encourage you to listen to praise music, worship music, uh, music that allows you, and just, and just sing right along. You're by yourself, just sing right along. Have a, have a good time. I'm not a, I'm not a singer. I can carry the tune. Joy's not a singer. But, you know, a lot of times... She's in a part of the house. She's singing along, and I'm, I'm in a different part of the house singing. We don't sing together. We've, we've, uh, we determine that's not our gift. And so, uh, but you, how do you know when you're in your house by yourself, you can sound real good. In your own mind, you sound real like, I'm a legend in my own mind. But it's, David was a great example of, of rejoicing. Read a couple of uh, situations in David's life. The first one's found in 1 Samuel. I, I've said David was not a guy who lived a charm life. David had a lot of difficult things going on. It said, then David arose and fled that day from before Saul. He was running from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another and dance his sayings? Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish. Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended madness in their hands and scratched on the doors of the gate and let his saliva fall down on his beard. And Achish said to his servants, look, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need, have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Now David um, David lived a life, and again, sometimes we look at these people in, in the Bible, and we think, well, they didn't deal with real stuff. You know, I deal with real stuff. They didn't deal with real stuff. This is real stuff. He's running from Saul, who's trying to kill him. And so he goes to the, the Philistines, and this was the king of the Philistines, and when he shows up, he's basically, he's looking for refuge. And the king, and they said, they said to the king of Philistines, they said, they're like, are you kidding me? Do you know who this is? 
This is, this is David. He, he had a song running on the, ran on the top 10 for a long time. <laughs> Saul killed thousands, David killed 10,000s. And when David heard that, it scared him to the point where David's next move is to act like he's crazy. So now, I mean, how dignified is that? But you've got to come in and, you know, and, and, and grovel and scratch on the gate and, and slobber all over yourself until the, until the king looks and goes, look, i got enough crazy people around me. Do I need another one? Is basically what he's saying. Get rid of this guy. So when David leaves, the scriptures tell us that he wrote a song now, you think that when David would write a psalm after a situation like that, it's probably, dear Lord, why am I here? Why, why am I going through this? You know what he wrote? He actually wrote Psalms 34, one of my favorites. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord, and the humble will hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. And delivers them. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Can you see what I'm talking about? Rejoicing despite what's going on. That you're in the middle of something. And here's the thing. We all wind up in the middle of things and he writes that beautiful song. I will bless the Lord at all times. David, when he runs, you think, David, did your life get better? Well, not quickly. Because he runs, and let's look in verse um, chapter 22 of 1 Samuel. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of, a, a cave of Abdullah. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down to him there. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him. So here's David. He leaves from acting like a crazy guy. He goes and now he's hanging out in a cave. Now remember David was, when he was about 18 years old, was called by God. The prophet came, poured oil in his head. And the Bible said he was anointed to be a king. So he is anointed to be a king, and now he's living in a cave. And so the cave, I don't know about you, but palaces are better than caves. So, you know, he could, could, could you imagine this guy has got to be thinking, he could be thinking this, Lord, I got to act crazy to escape from this guy, and now I'm living in a cave. The cave of Abdullah. And then a bunch of people come down to him. But you think, isn't this great? All these sharp people. No. Everybody who owed money. Everybody who's unhappy. So he had all these grumbling, poor, debt-ridden people who's unhappy shows up and they go, okay, you be our leader. You know, David probably wants to go back to the Lord and go, Lord, I'm supposed to be king, and here I am in a cave, and now you send me this group of misfits. And yet David was able to take that group of misfits and turn them into one of the greatest fighting forces known to Israel. But here's the thing. You have opportunities to be upset. David writes another psalm. I love that he writes these psalms. He says, Lord, in first Psalms 57, he said, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. 
And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Guys, that's a great psalm to get a hold of right there. Lord, I'm going to trust in you. Some of you are going through some tough times right now. The best thing you can say is not, why me? Oh, God, why me? Why am I going through? The best thing you can say right now is, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to get close to you until these calamities are going to pass me by because they're not coming to stay. They're coming to go. And they're going to come past me. And so he said, these calamities, and then he says this, my heart is steadfast, oh, God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. So one of the things that we see from David is that rejoicing is not something that all of a sudden comes on us. It's not always accompanied by a great feeling. It's accompanied by a heart decision that in the middle of this, I'm going to rejoice. Now you say, well, and you can look at David and go, well, David, surely he was a gifted, unusual person to go through all that. I got an email this week I thought was, I thought was pretty good about where we live. And um, this lady, I, I won't share her name, but she said, I thought I'd share a quick story with you regarding rejoicing. Quick background, my past is riddled with more testimony than I care to ever share, but such experiences have resulted in a genuine and deep appreciation for my salvation and for life in general. As such, I'm typically a positive glass half full person. So while the last two weeks of the voice have been Encouraging, I've somewhat disregarded their application to me specifically. Teehee, just typing this makes me chuckle. Isn't God good to remind us of our need for him? This morning, I had a few meetings at our local elementary school, so I was headed into the office a bit late. On my way to work, I decided to stop by Whataburger to grab a quick breakfast, as I typically don't leave the office once I've arrived. I placed a mobile order at 10, 11 a.m., thinking I still had plenty of time to get to the office before my first meeting at 10.30. Ha! It took 10 solid, painfully long, agonizing minutes to get through the line at Whataburger. I found myself thinking, are you kidding? I placed a mobile order. I paid via mobile. I ordered a single, solitary taquito, nothing more. <laughs> I know you have taquitos wrapped up and ready. Is it really taking 10 solid minutes to bring out a taquito for goodness sakes? Dude, couldn't you have brought my taquito at the same time you delivered food to the guy sitting in the line in front of me? My gosh, this is so inefficient. And then God, God quickened my spirit and I immediately began praising him. Now listen to what she, what she says. My negative thoughts quickly turned to positive speaking. Lord, thank you for a mobile phone to place a mobile order. Lord, thank you for a vehicle to sit in while these poor folks are delivering food in this heat. Lord, thank you for the money in the bank to pay for the taquito. And so, and that, so she might not be in the cave of Babdulam, but she's in a line at Waterburger. <laughs> but, listen, but listen to what she said. How, you say, Han, how do you know that she's a, I know this is a lady. Well, one, guys don't write teehee. <laughs> and number two, guys don't order one taquito at Waterburger. <laughs> she said, I immediately felt peace and relief just praising him. Oh, and though I arrived to the meeting at 1034, I arrived exactly at the same time as other folks in that meeting. God sure is good. Thank you for reminding me to praise him and rejoice always. Isn't that good? That's, that's a good. 
there's another lesson here. Don't disregard my messages. Uh, I just thought that was good. Uh, but you say, well, you know, that's, that's a minor thing. No, actually, that's, that's how you get things turned around. Is, is by starting, and remember I said practice, rejoicing. Uh, I hope some of you have started practicing. How many of you have just practiced a little bit more? And you can say, you know what, I, I've rejoiced a little bit more in the last couple of weeks than I have in a long time, and it helped me. It's good, it's good. But this is how you get started. Don't wait until the big one comes over the fence. Wait till they don't bring your taquito out. <laughs> and, and you can find ways to rejoice. There's some benefits of rejoicing. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, go through some of these. Next week, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this message up. The week after that, I meant to tell you, Keith Moore is coming. And um, for those who, it's unusual ministry, uh, unusually gifted ministry. The only one that we ask to come in on a Tuesday and Wednesday. He's the only guy I give a, an untethered time to say, take your time. So if, if you feel like when he comes, if you feel like you have to leave and slip out, do If you can, stay, stay. He goes all over the world and he keeps coming here. And we're very blessed. A very unique ministry. He'll say things that will just click with your spirit. And, and it's powerful. So I encourage you to come. But I'm going to wrap this thing up. But I want to talk just a little bit about some of the benefits of rejoicing as we close tonight. Here's the first one. It connects us to the Lord and his work in our lives. It connects us to the Lord and his work in our lives. There's a great verse in 1 Peter. It says, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, and full of glory. Now, that's a, that's a great thought right there. It says, you haven't seen, you, you love him. And though now you don't see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy and expressible and full of glory. I, I hear people say, sometimes I, I've talked with people, and they say, uh, some, some guy was talking to me about his, his child, was questioning a lot of things. And I, I encouraged him, I said, instead of going the questioning route, a, a better way to go, is this the rejoicing route? And so in other words, sometimes people will, you've heard people say, I just can't, I just don't feel like the Lord is, 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 is with me. And I, I just be very, very honest with you. There's a lot of times I don't feel like the Lord is with me. But here's the beautiful thing is, I don't have to feel like the Lord is with me. I believe he is. And so even though I haven't seen him, this is what Peter said, even though I haven't seen him, yet believing, I rejoice. And so you can rejoice that the Lord is with you and, and boy, you can feel like just two sacks of dry potatoes. You just feel like, Phew. but yet you can rejoice. And I, I tell you one thing that will happen is if you begin to do that, feelings tend to follow action. And so if, if, you're, not, if you're not being led by feelings, feelings are a poor leader. They're a poor leader. You ever wake up in the morning and just feel like not going to work? How many, of you, how many of you gainfully employed people have learned to ignore that feeling <laughs> and, just, and just roll over the top of it? But you wake up some mornings and just feel like, don't go. So, you ever, ever feel like not coming to church? Don't even, don't even go there. Don't. <laughs> don't. 
But the idea is if, if you'll act against that. So I haven't seen the Lord yet believing. Now here's another, here's another great point. There's a lot of us who have prayed about things and we haven't seen it yet. Right? Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a, a wisdom. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's a relationship that you're having. You haven't seen the answer yet. But do you believe that God's doing something on your behalf? If you do, one of the best ways to connect is to rejoice, having not yet seen, yet believing, I rejoice. There's some things I haven't seen yet. So in other words, I'm not going to wait till they show up to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice ahead of time because I believe God's doing some things. Does that make sense? So, and this is why I'm saying that here's, here's the connection because what happens is sometimes when you have not seen answers to your prayers, sometimes if you, I know no one here would do this, but it's easy for people to go start that whiny stuff. Lord, how come? Any of you have children that ever whined? I don't know. Man, that so did not bless me when my children whined. And uh, Matt, for all of his wonderful stories, was not a whiner. But my youngest one, <laughs> oh, he could whine with the best of them. And I, I never looked at Joy and went, this, this so blesses me when he whines. Like, <laughs> I just want to take him and hug him. I, 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 there's something about us that, that we don't like it. And, and yet... There's something about us that sometimes we find ourselves doing it to the Lord. So next time that you tend to go, Lord, and I don't understand, and why, why? You just say, Lord, I thank you that you're working. And even though I haven't seen it yet, I am rejoicing in you. I'm rejoicing in my salvation. I'm rejoicing in Jesus. I'm rejoicing that answers are on the way. Thank you, Lord. And I want to tell you something, that will help you so much. Because sometimes these feelings can overwhelm you and you're thinking, it's never going to come to pass. I'm never going to see it. I don't, I don't know. And if you go there with your thinking, it leads you down a dark road. But instead, if you can think about my friend in the Waterburger line, it's going to go, I'm going to switch this out. And instead of just being despondent, I'm going to rejoice. And thank you. Because I believe you're doing something having not yet seen, yet believing. So it connects you to the Lord and his work in our lives. Second thing is it helps us keep from being coming, becoming down and despondent. I'm gonna move through this pretty quick. There's a great verse in Habakkuk. Habakkuk's one of those verses in the, in the Old Testament, one of those books in the Old Testament that oftentimes where you, the pages get stuck together. But in, in Habakkuk 3, it says, though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. This is not a good day. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heel, high heels, not high heels, high heels. <laughs> heels <laughs> that is not a teehee moment for me so here's the thing 
when things are not going to plan, we have a choice. The writer was not denying the problems. This is, sometimes people think, well, Alan, if I'm a person of faith, then I deny it. He didn't say, you know, the fig tree's blossoming and I see all the herds and I see, no. He said the fig tree it may not blossom and, the, and the, there's no fruit on the vines. He said, but. See, that's, see, that's the difference. That's one of the differences of, of those of us that have a relationship with the Lord. It's, it's we, we've got the but in the right place. Yeah, I see this stuff going on. Yeah, I'm not happy with what's happening. Yeah, I wish it was different, but I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord because I've got a God and he's helped me and he's helped me in the past and he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. If you'll do that, I'm telling you, what that will do is that will put such a difference in your attitude. All of us go through stuff. Listen, I know some of you think, well, Alan, when you became a pastor, you stopped having to go through stuff. I think if you've, listened, if you've been in our church any length of time, you've heard the challenges and the things that Joy and I have dealt with and the things we've dealt with with our children and the things. But here, here's the thing. Bottom line is, God was there. And he's faithful. And he caused us to walk above the problems. In other words, he said, walking on the high hills means you're going to walk above it. You're going to come through it. And so it's, but it's, it's a great way. But he says, I, again, he says, yet I will. You notice how many times you hear the word, I will. I will. Not I feel, I will. And if you'll begin to take that attitude, I'm, I will rejoice. I'm going to be one that's rejoicing. I'm going to be one that praises God. I'm going to be one that's thankful. I'm going to be one that's grateful. That's a, listen, that's a choice you can make and no one can take that away from you. No one can, you know, I, I, can't, I can't say, well, I'm going to sing beautifully like Justin. Only in my head, in my house, when no one's around. It, it, it's not happening. But what I can do is say, I, I will rejoice. I can be a rejoicer. Does that make sense? We, we, can, we can look at things and say, you know what I can do? I can be, God, I can be one that praises you. I can be one that pleases you. I can be one that rejoices. That's my choice. And no one can stop you. Joy was praying one time and, just, and she was sharing with the Lord. And, he, and, and she said, he impressed this on her heart. He said, you can be as close to me as you want to be. And no one can stop you. Isn't that great? I think sometimes we tend to think there are the haves and the have-nots in Christianity. And it doesn't work that way. You can be as close to the Lord. You can have a great attitude. You can rejoice in him. That's your choice. All you have to do is say, I will. That's on me. It's a place of spiritual safety. Philippians 3.1, Paul was writing to the church at Philippi. And he said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious but for you, it's safe. So in other words, this is a guy writing from prison. So don't get, basically he said, I, I, don't let this be tedious to you. He said, it's a safe place. Do you realize rejoicing is, is spiritually is a safe place? It's a place where, because we know if we're rejoicing, we're not complaining. We know if we're rejoicing, there's an element of faith and we're not despondent. It's a safe place. 
And so rejoice. You say, I don't know what to do in this situation. You can always rejoice. That's why Paul later on said, same letter, same church. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So again, rejoicing in what the Lord has done. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. And the last place is, it is a place of spiritual strength. Nehemiah 8.10, at the very last part of that verse, said, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We were made for joy, not sorrow. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. We weren't made to live sorrowfully. We weren't made to live in grief and agony. We were made to live rejoicing. We were made for joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And say, well, Alan, I need some of that joy of the Lord. Here's, here's Proverbs 15, 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. You can have joy by the answer of your mouth. In other words, when life says something to you, how do you respond to it? When situations say something to you, how are you gonna respond? You can respond with despondency. You can respond with agony. You can respond with cussing. You can respond with anger. Or you can choose to say, you know what? I'm gonna rejoice right flat in the middle of this. That makes the difference. And that's where joy comes from the answer of your mouth. Would you bow your heads with me? We're gonna pray. It's your bowed, knives are closed. I'm gonna ask, please, no one leave just for the next couple of minutes. If you came this evening and said, you know what, I don't, I don't really have a, a relationship with the Lord, or if I do, I'm not sure, I'm not confident of it. Or if you're here this evening and you said, I, I used to have a relationship with the Lord and I walked away from him, and in my heart I know it and he knows it, but I don't want to live there. I want to come back. We're going to say a very simple but powerful prayer and sitting right in your seat. We're not going to ask you to get up or come to the front. This prayer is for you. But I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to, and you say, Alan, I, I want to be confident of my relationship with the Lord. I, I don't know that I have a relationship, but I want to. Or you say, Alan, I want to come back. Would you pray for me? I want in on this prayer. Would you just shoot your hand up real quickly across this auditorium? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Hands have gone up all over. Anybody else? Thanks. I appreciate your courage. You can slip your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you really wanted to, and you think, well, I missed my chance. You didn't miss your chance. We're going to pray with you. You can pray this with us out loud. This is, this is the answer of your mouth to your situation. We're going to pray and say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, the head's still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer from their hearts. Father, thank you that changes have taken place. Some have stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light, and some have come home to be welcomed by you. We thank you for that. And Father, for the rest of us here tonight, those of us who know you, 
We rejoice with them, but also, Father, we rejoice in you. You are our strength. You're our song. You have become our salvation. You always give us a reason to rejoice. Father, for those who are despondent, thank you that they can lift their voices. For those who have been negative, thank you that that can change. For those, Father, who never felt like they could do anything in their Christian life, thank you for hope and life and the fact that they're valuable to you and that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Lord, we're grateful for that. Give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.